0: Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. We like to get good news, don't we? We like to get good news. Uh, You know, uh, it it comes in so many different forms. You think about all the different ways that news, good news can come to you, different categories that we can uh, have in our lives. You know, your child is struggling in math class like I always did and, and uh, uh, you know comes home one day from school and tells you that he got an A on the test. Man, that's just good news. Good news to know that there's some progress being made in math class. Um, maybe your daughter's on her way home from college and uh, she calls you and tells you that there's been a, a horrible wreck, and but she's okay. Man, don't you love getting good news like that? Maybe you've gotten a phone call like that at some point in your life. Um, maybe, you know, at work you've been working as hard as you can. It's been a long time since you got a raise and, uh, you know, you're working and working and working. Just feel like that nobody's paying attention. Nobody sees, nobody understands. And then lo and behold, after weeks or months, uh, the boss calls you in, and tells you that he's been watching your work and knows that you've been doing good and now you're about to get a big raise. You know, it's just good news. You just like to get good news. We just like to get good news. And most of y'all know the story that uh, few uh, back in July, we made our our uh, mission trip out to Colorado and had a great trip out there. And uh, I, I wasn't there for the whole time. I went out there on uh, Monday and came back on Thursday. And uh, y'all know what happened on my my, my trip back home. Uh, if you're a visitor here, you hadn't been here in a while. Uh, y'all know that I, I've always got my backpack. I, that's just my my whole life is in that backpack, and and uh, always carry it with me I, everywhere. Literally everywhere I go, I've got my backpack with me. And and I uh, was coming back, flying back from uh, from Colorado, and flew into Dallas, had a layover there, and then was going to fly on into New Orleans. And actually, uh, meet Vicky uh, in New Orleans for a few days, and um, uh I left my backpack at the airport at Dallas and uh, got on the plane and realized that I had left it at my seat at the gate and I just had gotten busy and gotten distracted and um, the plane started, I had gone to the restroom and came out and my, you know, you got a group number of people, you're in a group and your group starts uh, boarding the plane at a certain time and I walked out and looked up on the screen and my group number had been called and so. I'd left my backpack over at the seat where I'd been seated, uh, seated, and so I immediately went. Instead of going to get my backpack, I went and got on the plane. I walked on the plane, and, and because, I, because it's such force of have for me just to grab that backpack, everywhere I go, I got on the plane and stopped at my seat and put a jacket on. The air conditioner was blowing, and so I stopped and put my jacket on, and I literally reached down. I just kind of did like that and reached down to grab my backpack, which was nowhere to be found, and realized that I'd left it. And uh, so they, I went and talked to a flight attendant, and they said, well, I'll call the gate. We'll call the gate, and, and they'll get it for you. Because I knew exactly where I'd left it. And uh, 15, 20 minutes later, we're still waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm sitting there, and and uh, I know the planes. I look up, and I'm, everybody it looks like the plane is full. Nobody else is getting on. I think we're about to start pushing back. And I see the gate attendant come on. I thought, Yeah. He walked back and he said, somebody looking for a backpack? Yeah, me, 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 me. He said, we didn't find it. And it's like, oh man, you know, and just bad news, man, just bad news. And just, I mean, you know, so much was in there. Uh, a Bible that I've had for years, I took on all my mission trips and just stuff like my laptop and, and things like that. And So anyway, you know, pushed back from the gate, and off we went and flew it and landed in New Orleans. I texted Vicki and told her what was going on. She knew I was going to be in a bad mood when I got to New Orleans and, you know, got in there and finally just kind of got my mind off of it and and filed the lost and found report and did all that stuff. And so I started getting emails every week from American Airlines saying, uh, Dear John, we haven't found your backpack yet. We're still looking. Hadn't found your backpack. We're still looking. Hadn't found your backpack. We're still looking. Just week after week after week. And so finally, I got an email from them that said, uh, we've closed the case. Uh, we can't find it. Just consider it gone. We've closed the case. So I was done and and uh, replaced it with another backpack and all that kind of stuff. And I'd canceled my, my passport. had been in my backpack. I'd canceled my passport and all that kind of stuff. And then about three weeks after I got the email that said my, the case was being closed, I got an email and... From American Airlines, and when I open it up, the first line says, Dear John, we've got good news for you. Uh, Those two words, good news for you. Don't you love hearing those words? We've got good news for you. I think about Shane and Jeff Jones. Uh, Man, I I talked to Shane and Jeff this week. Uh, They're not quite ready to come before the church and share their testimony just because it's still so fresh and so emotional, the fact that You know, just a couple of weeks ago, the doctor came into the room in Houston, Texas after they've been, after Jeff's been battling this cancer and going in treatments and just this uh, ordeal that we've been right up in the middle of and praying for and praying and praying and praying and crying and crying out to God and weeping and, 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 and then the doctor comes in and, and the doctor had told Jeff early on, said, I'm going to come into this room one day. Don't listen to this y'all said, I'm going to come into this room one day and I'm going to give you a hug when i'm t- when i can tell you that you're cancer free and I have a picture on my phone that Shane, I, I should have put it on a slide that Shane sent to me this uh, just a couple of days ago of the doctor walking into the room with his arms wide open as he gives Jeff a hug, says, man, you're cancer free. Man, just kidding, just hearing the, I've got good news for you, man, you're cancer free. And, and Shane and Jeff, I talked to them. they were just crying on the phone, said, we, John, we can't get up in front of the church yet. I said, y'all come share the test. No, we can't do it yet. They are going to, though. And, uh, but just good news, just good News, You know what their response to the good news was? Just a little side note, maybe another sermon will come out of this. Their response was to praise God, to to begin to pray and praise God, but then their response then was to begin praying for everybody else that was at MD Anderson that hadn't gotten good news yet. Shouldn't that be our response to good news? I think that's worth us thinking about. There's nothing like getting good news, and so today... And we're going to talk about the best news ever. That's what that video, obviously is all about. And, and talk about the best news ever. You probably don't need to open your Bibles up, but if you want to, it's John 3.16. And uh, so stand, please. And why don't we, uh, if you know it by memory, if you want to open it up, if you don't know it by memory, uh, you can uh, read it out loud. But let's just, uh, let's just say this together out loud. Join me right now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. May God bless the, 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 the recitation of his word this morning. What wonderful news. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day, and thank you for the time right now for us to think about the best news ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much. You may be seated. I've told you that uh, at least once a year um, for the last, I guess, uh, I've been a senior pastor now for about 22 years, and so for the last 22 years, at least once a year, uh, this is my text. Uh, This is the text, John 3.16. Now, there are other times that we will uh, obviously uh, allude to it or quote it or use it and things like that, but there's at least one time a year that this is my text for the sermon to preach about The fact that God loves us so much that He would send Jesus—the best news that the world has ever heard. You think about John three sixteen, and and you know we have to be careful with it because, as we just did, we it can become so familiar to us. You know how that happens? You know, even we talk about it, even like when coming here for, for corporate worship, things can just get so familiar sometimes that they begin to lose their impact. That's why marriages fall apart sometimes because we just get so familiar with that other person. We begin to take them for granted and we begin to neglect. And, and the same thing can happen in our spiritual lives. When something like John 3.16, this, <laughs> this word this these 25 words in the king james this the, i think that's right y'all somebody's going to count right now i know you are the, the 25 words in the king james that 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 sum up the entire gospel the gospel right here in one verse the gospel in miniature the gospel in a nutshell this the gospel i love what david jeremiah said david jeremiah said if all the bible were to be lost or destroyed except for john 3:16 there would be more than enough information for the entire world to be converted, Man, don't you love that? If we lost this entire book, but we were we were able to keep one verse, if one verse was saved and it was John three sixteen, that would be enough. That verse would be enough. this This verse is so powerful, it's so amazing, and it truly does encapsulate the greatest news, the best news that the world has ever heard, that anybody in this room today, anybody that's watching this service today, anybody that one day is going to watch this service, I really believe that that God's made it clear that this this message today is not going to stop today. That God's going to continue to use this message for days and weeks, months, and years to come. As people, whether whether they happen to listen to it on a podcast, we have a podcast now. You can go to Spotify and look up FBC Floor and subscribe to our podcast. And every week, if you would like to, every week you can listen to the sermon and listen to it again and maybe kind of think about some things or, or whatever. But whether somebody happens to subscribe to our podcast or somebody goes on, you know, SermonCentral.com and looks up these these uh, these sermon notes or listen or watches this uh, this sermon on our Facebook page, months years from now, God will continue. To to use this because his word will not uh, will not return to him void but it will accomplish what God wants it to accomplish. And do you know what God wants to accomplish with this message? Is he wants lost people to come to Jesus. Amen. And so that's that's what this message is all about. It's the best news ever and that's the you know the application of this message is that John 3:16 contains the best news ever. It's just that simple, but it is that profound. And we got to be careful that we don't let the the simplicity of that message uh, cause us to diminish the power and the impact of that message. It truly is the best news ever. And there are some things today that God really wants you to know. He really wants you to know some things today. Based on this one wonderful verse of Scripture, God really wants you to know, number one, that He loves you. God really wants you to know that He loves you. Again, God loves you. How many times have you heard somebody say that? How many times have you said that yourself? How many times have you thought that? God loves you. We, you know, we throw that word love around a lot. We use it a lot. and We love a lot of things. I mean... Uh, just, I just think, I think just this past week, Vicky said, I love fall. I love the weather getting cooler." How many of y'all have said that this week? So I just love this time of year. I mean, you just, you know, you, you begin doing that It's pumpkin spice time. I mean, it's time to get your pumpkins out to get you, get, you know, all the fall colors, all that kind of stuff. And I love this time of the year too. And so we say that we love this. We love the cooler weather. We love college football. We love high school football. We love deer hunting. That's coming soon. We love, we love a good steak man we love going to the beach or if you're a mountain person we love going to the mountains or if you're a a hunting person love going to the woods or you're i love to go to the lake i mean we just use that word and and i've said a thousand times i love a delta sunset nowhere in the world do you have a sunset like the mississippi delta and i just love so we throw that word around and there's nothing look i'm not i'm not saying stop using that word i'm not i'm not saying that it's okay to say that. I love being with you. I love, I, I think I've already said that this morning. I, mean, I love being with you. I love being a part of this church. I love being the pastor of this church. I mean, There's so many ways that we use that, that word. And there's nothing wrong with that. The only caution that I want to give to us is to say that because we use that word so much, and because we, it, it's such a, a regular part of our vocabulary, sometimes it, we run the risk that it may, it may, it may cause us to miss out on the true life changing impact, eternity changing impact of the statement, God loves you. And I don't want us to miss that. I don't want us to miss the, the impact of that statement. And while we may use that word a lot in a lot of different ways, I want to I make this statement. God never just throws that word around. <laughs> we may, and, and again, not, not saying that's a wrong, bad thing, but we may just throw that word around. I love this, I love that, I love my car, I love, what, you know, I love my truck, I love whatever. But God ne- is never flipping about that word. God never just throws that word around. It's never, it's never, listen, it's never used in a casual way in the Word of God. It's never casually used in the Word of God. Jot, listen to these verses. You may want to jot these down right? Uh, just, and go back and look at them later. Uh, uh, listen to these verses. Jeremiah, 30, some Old Testament and some New Testament. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. Listen to, man, listen to this. Listen to this statement, from God. This is from his mouth. God says, Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? I have loved you. God says, I have. Now, he was talking to his people, the Jewish people, the people of it, But certainly that same thing is true of us. And God says to us today, he says to you and to me today and to every person, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That's not flippantly using the word love, is it? I, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Listen to this right in the middle of the Ten Commandments. He's given the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. And in verse 6, he says, right in the middle, he says that he will show his love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. He will show his love to a thousand generations. Man, he has shown his love to us. He never uses that word flippantly. Never Lamentations 3.22, jot that one down, Lamentations 3.22, I think this is the passage from which we get our hymn, Great is that Faithfulness, because it says here, the faithful love of the Lord never ends, amen? The faithful love of the Lord never ends. You see, God never is flipping about the word love. Uh, New Testament, let me give you three New Testament, uh, and all, all of them come from John, uh, his Gospel of John, and then two from First John. John 15, 13. You know this one. I could probably start it and you could finish it because Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, than he what? Lay down his life for his friends. If you don't know that verse, that's a great one to memorize, John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, and then he laid down his life for his friends. I mean, Certainly we know the one who did that ultimately for all of us, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And then John wrote in 1 John, two verses from 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, we've been going through 1 John on Wednesday nights. We're going to probably wrap it up uh, this next week. Uh, but 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, this, I, lo- I love this verse. And this is from the New International Version. This is how I memorized it was from the New International Version. And it says, how great the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. When you think about lavishing, I don't use that word a lot, but you think about lavishing things upon, you know, when you, you want to lavish uh, gifts upon your wife. Wives, don't you want your husbands to do that? Amen, ladies? Ladies, y'all missed that opportunity. Man, I I just handed it straight to you. Teed it up and you just missed it. But anyway, I'm just telling you. We just want, you know, that's just saying we just want to pour it out. Just pour it out. Just keep giving. Just keep giving. How great is the love the Father has just kept pouring out to us, kept giving to us, kept lavishing upon us that we should be called children of God. Because there ain't a person in here that deserves to be called a child of God. 1 John 3, 1. And then 1 John 4, 16. John says this, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Man, God really wants you to know today that he loves you. You see that? He, doesn't ever, he never uses that word in a casual, flippant way. And you, can, you know that God loves you. You know that he loves you by this. Number one, by his goodness. You know God loves you by his goodness. God is a good God. Amen. He is a good God. We sing that song sometimes. Chris Tomlin came out with that song a few years ago. He is a good, good father. Now look, I want to submit to you that if you don't have a, if you don't have or did not have a good earthly father, maybe it's difficult for you to understand how good your father in heaven truly is. But if you'll look at the Word of God, you will see over and over and over and over and over again that God shows His love for you by His goodness because He's a good Father. He's a good, good God. And He's shown His. I mean, just think about it. Even if your earthly father didn't do these things for you and didn't maybe mistreated you, maybe even abused you or didn't provide for you, whatever, your heavenly father will never let you down. He will never let you go. And God shows his goodness to us in so many ways by his patience with us. Aren't you glad God is a patient God, that he is long-suffering, his patience, his provision for every need in our lives, his, the, the perseverance that he gives us to be able to make it through those hard times, the power that he gives us us to be able to worship him and to be able to serve him and to be able to live this life he's called his presence he shows his goodness to us just by his presence even this morning his presence with us this morning he is here God shows his his love for us by his goodness he shows his love for us by his grace because God is love, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 says that. 1 John 4, 16 that we just read. God is love. Because he is love. He didn't he doesn't he doesn't just show love. He, he is love. And so because God is love, he operates out of his love toward us. Everything that he does is based on his love for us. And out of that love, he pours out his grace. he just pours out his grace to us, God giving us what we don't deserve. I've heard a lot of preachers say, it's kind of been attributed to Adrian Rogers, I don't know if he was the first one that said it, That a great definition of grace, G-R-A-C-E, use it as an acrostic and say, God's riches at Christ's expense. That's grace. You know God loves you by his goodness and by his grace. And you know he loves you by his gift, by his gift. And I love giving gifts and I love watching reactions, you know, with kids, with my kids when they were growing up and even as adults now, my wife. I remember when Rachel was um, in high school, Rachel always wanted a Dodge Charger. When when they count. no I like a Dodge now I'm talking like a I like a sixty five dollars Charger can I get an amen on that uh, but I I like but Rachel always liked Dodge Chargers and and so I found one I found one uh, uh, from a former church member down in Monticello it was it had been his company car so he'd taken care of it uh, you know had some miles on it but he had because his company required him to do all the maintenance on it so I knew it was in good shape and got it at a good price and so I brought it and and we were at a Mexican restaurant and. Uh, a Chinese restaurant in Byram, and I, it was in a big parking lot. So I'd parked the car way down on this end of the of the parking lot, and the restaurant was way on this end of the parking lot. So we finished up supper, and I walked out, and I said, Rach, I got something I need to give to you. I reached in my pocket, and I handed her the car keys, and she looked, and she realized that it was... What was going on? <laughs> and before I could do anything, she took off running, pushing the button to say you know, to, to, to get it to start. She was ready. and all of a sudden, at the other end of the parking lot, the headlights started flashing. She took off running to the other end. Just this past week, I, I'm not bragging, but just this past week, I got to tell y'all about this. My wife, and my wife loves disco music. All right, so she loves disco music, and and she loves Earth, Wind, and Fire. And and so back in June, she she sent me a text. She said, "John, she called. No, I take. She called me." She was out of breath. I didn't even recognize her when she called me. I literally, I saw the, it was her, but I thought, who got her phone? Because this person on the other was going, John, 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 Earth, Wind & Fire's, Earth, Wind & Fire's going to be in Jackson. Earth, Wind & Fire's, and so I went online, and I found out, and the tickets were astronomical, but I thought, okay. Okay. So I bought the tickets back in June. I didn't tell her about it until just this past week because the, ticket, the uh, concert's coming up in a couple of weeks. And so I sent her a text this past week with a screenshot of Earth, Wind and & Fire. And she texted back. She said, yeah, I know. I told you they were going to be here. And I said, uh, the tickets were purchased in June. Man, I made some brownie points. I am telling you, I ain't seen her that happen. That excited. We just love giving, but I'm telling y'all, there's no giving. As much as I love my wife and kids, and you do too, you love giving gifts to your spouse and your kids and stuff like grandkids. It's nothing compared to the love that God has for us, and nothing compared to the gift that He's given to us through Jesus Christ. Amen. And we know, man. Listen. God really wants you to know that he loves you. And secondly, God really wants you to know that he gave his son for you. There's the gift that he gave his son for you. Now we say that, and those of us in the church, and those of us that have a relationship with Christ, and maybe not even a relationship with Christ, but we, we've heard this, we, we kind of understand. But what's the big deal about Jesus being the gift? Well, it's a huge big deal. Because John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus himself said, I am the way. He used the definite article, which meant he said, I am the only way. I'm the only way. Why is it a big deal that God gave us Jesus as the gift from, from him? The reason is a big deal, because Jesus is the only way to go to heaven. Jesus is the only way to have eternal life. Jesus is the only way to have purpose and meaning for your life. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says salvation is found in no one else. No one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. He is the way. Why is it a big deal? Because he is the way. He is the truth. Same thing. He used the definite article. He said, I am the only truth. I'm the only truth. He is the source of all truth. In John chapter 1, verse 1, John wrote, he said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. When John said that the Word was talking about Jesus, because just a few verses later he says, And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, talking about Jesus coming to us. That's why it's a big deal because Jesus is the only way. He is the only truth. And then he said, I am the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the only life. Listen, we all want to live. Jeff Jones wanted to live. That's why he was so excited when that doctor came in and wrapped his arms around him and said, you're cancer free. We all want to live. I watched a a video just this past week. Of some firefighters, there was a woman who was trapped in a burning house. And the firefighters pulled up on scene, and the people came running and said, she's trapped in there, she's trapped in there, and fire was, was blazing out the end of the house, and she was on this end of the house, and they were trying to pound to get through this small window. She was inside this room, and the fire was coming toward her, and so finally they broke the window out. A couple of firefighters were able to dive into the room, and as they went into the room, they had their video on their cam- on their helmets and, and things like that, and in the once you got inside the room, you could hear her going, help me, help me, help. help. Help me. Because she wanted to live. And she knew that her life was in the hands of her rescuers. She knew that there was the very real possibility that she would die. And her only hope was those firefighters who were coming to rescue her. Listen to me, my friends. Maybe you're crying out today. Help me because you know if you died right now without Christ you would be forever lost but I got good news I got the best news ever (laughs) you have a rescuer and his name is Jesus and he comes to give life he's the only one who can give life That's why it's a big deal that God gave His Son because Jesus is the only one who can give us life. Jesus Himself said in John 14, 19, He said, because I live, you too will live. That's why it's a big deal. And God really wants you to know that He loves you. God really wants you to know that He gave His Son for you. And finally, God really wants you to know that you can live forever. (laughs) You can live forever forever eternal life for God so loved the world that he gave his only son he gave Jesus that whoever whosoever believes in him will not perish will not die and be forever separated from God in a very real place called hell but will have everlasting life eternal life listen y'all eternal life is a free gift it's a free gift. Listen, a, a gift, a, a gift must be accepted. You can't force a gift on anyone. I mean, you could, but that's not really giving a gift if they, if they don't want it. Then I don't, don't. No, I don't want that. It, you got to take it. I mean, it just you can't force a gift on anyone. It's a free gift. And it and listen it, and 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 secondly, about eternal life. Listen, you need to understand. It's only eternal life is only for Christ's followers. It's only given to those who follow Christ. It's only given to those who give their lives to Jesus. You don't get eternal life by being a good person. You don't get eternal life by being a church-going person. You don't get eternal life by giving a lot of money to the church. None of that matters. You don't get, you don't get eternal life by being a certain race, a certain socioeconomic status, or you don't get eternal life by being related to someone who's a really faithful Christian. You don't. You get eternal life. You receive the free gift of eternal life by willingly laying down your life and choosing to follow Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. That's you receive the free gift of eternal life it's a free gift, it's for Christ followers and and it's available, listen it's available right now because right now is the only time that we've been promised, there's no guarantee I'm even going to make it to the refuge and get to preach at 930 there's no no guarantee that I'll be back in here at 11 o'clock to preach this message, this might be the last time that I ever preach the gospel this may be the last time that you will ever hear the gospel the last time that you have the opportunity to accept Christ, I'm not trying, I'm not, trying I'm not trying to use scare tactics. I'm just telling you the truth. You know that's the truth. It's available right now. It's a free gift. It's for those who follow Christ, and it is available right now. Because right now is the only time we have promised. Several years ago, I went on a mission trip to Honduras. We were going around. We had done a medical clinic, but we had some time that afternoon. So some of us just went out into the village and began going door-to-door, visiting with people, just talking to people. We walked up to this house, and there was this lady sitting outside her house. Rumor had it that maybe she was not, uh, that she maybe was involved in some immoral things in the village and things like that. So we walked up, and her name was Kati. Spells it Katie, but they pronounced it Kati. And so I began to talk to Katia and talk to her about the Lord and share the gospel with her. And these were the words, the last words that she said to me. The last words that she said to me. She said, I can't be saved because I've got too much sin in my life. And as much as I tried to convince her that that is not the truth, she would not give her life to Christ. The last thing I heard her say to me I can't be saved because I've got too much sin in my life. She's on my prayer list. I pray for her every week. Pray for her. I may never probably will never see her again this life. I pray that I get to see her in heaven. That some way, somehow, the Holy Spirit will break through that, that wrong thinking that maybe even somebody in here or somebody that's watching this service right now is thinking, I can't be saved because i got so much junk in my life. i got too much sin in my life. I've messed up too many times in the past. I've gone too far. There's no way that God can save me. That is an absolute lie from the pit of hell. That God will save anybody, anywhere, anytime. If you'll give your life to Christ, and he'll give you the free gift of eternal life, Because God really wants you to know that he really loves you, that he gave his son for you, and that you can live forever. And then finally, God really wants you to believe this best news ever and be saved. And I add two more words, be saved right now. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, would you help us right now? Lord, to hear from you. Father, for anybody that's in this room today who is depending on anything other than Jesus Christ for their salvation, well, that right now, right now, Lord, you want them to be saved. You really want them to believe this good news, this best news ever, and be saved today. So, Lord, I pray for that person that as the Holy Spirit begins to draw them and work in their lives, that right now, Lord, they would call out to you to be saved. And they would say to you, if that's you, you can pray right now and call out to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself. Only you can save me. So I turn from my sin and I turn to you and I ask you to save me right now, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. And help me to live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.